destination known as the Sunshine Island and belongs to Denmark, which considers itself the happiest country in the world. But in the summer of 2020, Bornholm became the unlikely epicenter of a national debate surrounding the movement for black lives. After the killing of George Floyd, thousands of Danes took to the streets to protest racism and police brutality in the United States. Just a few weeks later, a young mixed-race Dane was viciously murdered by two white brothers here. One of the killers was the victim's drinking buddy, a man with white supremacist tattoos. But the national response to the killing was muted. What happened to Philip Mbuji Johansson and how the Danish police and media handled it 
revealed the fragile fault lines of race and racism in Denmark. Philip's childhood friend, Daniel Valendulu, who was one of just a handful of black people on the island when he grew up here, has come to see the scene for the first time. Your childhood home isn't far from here. Like 200 meters down the street, so it's almost like my backyard. Philip's body was found by a dog walker early in the morning. He was covered in burn marks and stab wounds. His skull was fractured, his legs were broken, and his attackers had kneeled on his chest and neck. What do you know about what happened here? What I know about, he got beaten by wood sticks. He got fucked up with glass bottles, stabbed. He also got stabbed with a knife. And he got burned also. It's almost like I can see things happening right here. Yeah. You're in the middle of the woods. So nobody can hear you, nobody can see you. She's just going to be here for hours, screaming. How did you feel when you first heard, not only that he was murdered, yeah. but the way that he was murdered? When I heard it, I thought about George Floyd ASAP. And I was like, is there a racist worldwide community that are talking together with each other or chatting on on a place or Facebook or something, talking about, oh, could it be nice to do like this? I, f I felt like that almost. Philip had come to Bornholm to visit his mother. He'd moved away to study engineering and was now living near Copenhagen. When he didn't come home that morning, Majuma Johansson went looking for her son. She knew he'd been out drinking with his friend Mads Muller the night before, so the first place she went was to find Mads. So I said, hi, Mads, hi. I said, Philip, I said, I said, I Philip, Meia kuya yemun klon tai me Filipo han festa vila. Han festa me vem. Han kuya basanan. Sa skula rane. Majuma Johansson went back home and decided to wait for news from her son there. By this point, rumors were going around that a body had been found in the forest. So plus ya huya klichidi bili kamu mi ex-men, eh? So I asked him, Adi Philip? Adi Philip, I have finished counting. And I asked him, Adi Philip? He said, yeah, he said, 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 he 
Además, Hamu Masia has not answered, answered, you say, yeah? Why do you think they did that to him? So Philip and Olivia are little problem, I'm gonna make his father again. The death of Villaki Kumnesha, I'm beginning to tell Udas for the Hana Foy Nak Nak for the Tianda Bangi Hana Katovea, some of Biden, then the Nasisma thing again. Yeah, Katu or Hana also lever thing for first book again. So Plusi, I'm thinking, oh, kicking no under two fowl, Hana lighting. After the few hours, the thing there. Oh, what if I have a girl there? Cast to alcohol. You see, they were far. Before they get there, my Philip had a far dance car and the heart did it. This came slow my energy. Take him. Yes, I'm the half light man. After the Kalahana Vena, the cake is slow Vena for the morning. Cake. The next day, Mads Muller was arrested, together with his brother Magnus Muller. Both were longtime acquaintances of Philip's. Mads is well known on the island for his white supremacist tattoos. But within a matter of days, and to the surprise of many black people in Denmark, the police and the prosecutor announced to the media that the killing had no racial motive. It was personal, they said. Many people on the island, including some of Philip's friends, seemed to breathe a sigh of relief. I know, Philip was my best friend, so... It was a very strange feeling on the other side. Ja, det er jo ikke sådan noget, fordi det sker på morgen så ofte, heldigvis noget, øh, altså. Men det er vel i kølvandet på alt det med Black Lives Matter, ikke? Altså... Jo, øh. oh, det er noget af den dur. De havde jo, ja, Folkedomstolen havde jo dømt tingene til at være racisme, uden det faktisk var. Så jeg alle på højre mig nogle usløse små racister, der gemmer sig på deres ønskeøger, og jeg ved ikke hvad. <laughs> det er helt vildt. Ja, det er jo også sådan, so you used to come here with Philip? Yeah, in the festival here, yeah. What was he like? The flingest of men I think. Also, he was open-hearted for all and Jeg har i alle de år aldrig nogensinde set Philip sur og diskutere op og slås. Jeg har aldrig set Philip være irriteret. Did he ever tell you about any uncomfortable interactions with people here? 
ikke personligt til mig. Han har nævnt det for andre, at han få gange har oplevet, at øh, man kommenterede hans, hans etnicitet, men ikke over for mig. Aldrig nogensinde. Is it true that he would be called N-word Philip? Mm, sometimes. <laughs> det var nok bare mere en, øh, ja, fordi der er så mange, der hedder Philip, og så... Øh, jeg er selv tysker og bliver kaldt for tysker Tobias. Altså, det er det, folk finder på. Do you think that racism exists in Bornholm? Ja, ligesom alle andre steder i verden. So, why do you feel like racism has nothing to do with this whatsoever? Fordi den afdøde var venner med de to anklæder. Så racisme-motivet eksisterer ikke, hvis medierne og Black Lives Matter ikke har kørt det op. It's broadly accepted in Denmark that racism wasn't a factor in the killing of Philip Mbuji Johansson. I wanted to find out more about probably the most racially charged case in living memory and what it says about Denmark today. It's a small country of around 6 million people with 13% ethnic minorities and a fiercely defended progressive self-image. One person who's been fighting to raise the profile of race issues is Bualia Sorensen, the founder of Black Lives Matter Denmark. Ja, gider du? Du skal have nummer, så du kan, hvis du lægger ud, parat du lægger ud. Okay, godt. Jeg går her. Er det en mikrofon til mig? Åh, se så mange mennesker. Fantastisk. I har simpelthen stået på gaden, København! I har simpelthen sagt, fuck that shit! Det gider vi ikke finde os i! Look, one step in front, one step to the back, and then put everything you can into this, okay? Like in many other countries, the movement here grew after the killing of George Floyd. And then in June, Philip's death brought the conversation about racism closer to home. So how did you feel when you heard of Philip's? I lay on the floor and I screamed until my voice. He was 28 years old. My sons look exactly like him. And I said, they killed him. They killed him. When I said they, it's a lynching. Very, very quickly, we got some messages from people on Bonhol. They told us what had happened, begging that we wouldn't reveal who they were. When the news was brought out, it wasn't about how brutally he was murdered, how he was tortured. Nothing at all here hints at racism. When the murderer has a tattoo of a swastika and white power on his leg, because there's something personal, as if you can't have something personal and not it not being as if it contradicts each other. For black people, this is like a bad film replaying itself. We've seen this so many times. The only problem is when it's in Denmark, the, there were too many people that shut down in denial. I believe! I believe that love!
Denmark has a strong tradition of progressive protest. But this time round, Danes seem to have been slower to engage in the international movement for black lives. I'm very proud to say that Denmark was in the forefront of fighting against apartheid in South Africa. They led the sanctions, but they were white activists. It was accepted. And I think the problem with Black Lives Matter is that it's got black leadership. As her profile has risen, Wange has become a target for extremists and has been intimidated by the far right. Last summer, she was harassed at home and her address was leaked. You're under police protection? Yeah. Why? Why, why do you have to do because that? Because I've been attacked a number of times, so they've given me that so I can get help as fa fast as I can. I, I can. If I can't talk, I can press the button. Because the right, far right wing are quite upset with my existence. <laughs> do you feel safe? In demonstrations, I feel safe. But uh, I cannot sleep without an alarm beside my bed. It's not possible. You're too anxious. Is it worth it? Yeah, absolutely. Walia says she's being targeted by the far right in part because of how the media has represented her. Denmark's biggest tabloid, BT, has been among her harshest critics, and its coverage of Philip's killing has emphasized the idea that race was not a factor in his death. This is unusual. BT, breaking news desk. We are a digital media focusing on mobile. And how's that going? It's going extremely well, yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We made a lot of money and we uh, increased our patrons and users. So actually now, last month, we became the number one media in Denmark. Your paper has invested a lot of time and resources into covering the murder of Philip Johansson in Bornholm. Mm. What have your journalists found? Well, it started out as a, you know, as most murder cases, is a mystery. What happened actually in the woods in Bornholm? And uh, the story was straightforward, actually. Um, two guys beating up someone else who turned out to be their friend. Um, he was colored, and that sort of distracted the coverage along the way so much that the police had to go out to say that there is, there is no race question in related to this murder. Um, this is one of your editorials, mm? and it says, it, it's interesting because it compares mm? the idea that this could be racially charged to conspiracy theories like Pizzagate. In like terms Pizzagate? Of Pizzagate. The conspiracy theory that oh. Hillary Clinton was mm. organizing a charge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think that that is quite dismissive of, of the idea that race could play a role in, in this crime? See, this is interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Because I've, your view is that we are blind for this. I mean, it feels like this is yeah, a dismissive... Feel, but, you know, feelings is okay within journalism, but the facts just prove something different, and that is what this editorial is about. There's a lot of stories, a lot of things going on on social media. There's a lot of anonymous sources talking about this, but 
the official sources who actually knows who is investigating says that race is not a part of this. Walking around your newsroom, I haven't I haven't seen a single journalist of color. No. And and I wonder how accurately you can cover racism and the lived experience of people of color without mm. reporters of color. Okay. So how does that work? Because we're journalists. We're okay. skilled to cover it. Do you think that you have to be colored? To I mean if you're that is that is the that is the idea of identity policy right now, you know. You have to be colored to cover racism. No, you don't. I think anyone, if they are a journalist, if they are skilled, if they are trained. Okay, and I that's mean, what we believe in Denmark. You know, actually, I was an editor at this newspaper and other newspapers in Denmark. But I don't think the story is about race. This sto uh, Because all our investigation shows that it is not. You want it to be a racial. I want it to be. Yeah, yeah. Your feelings around this murder case is feelings. What we try to do is, of course, talk to people who show emotions and tell feelings. But the core of this murder is facts. The Danish approach to racism claims to be all about objectivity. Mira Skardgaard is a Danish Indian researcher who focuses on racial discrimination. You grew up in the U.S. Yeah. What, what do you think the difference is between the racial reckoning in the U.S. that we saw over the summer and the racial reckoning here? Well, I think in the U.S. we've been reckoning, fighting, discussing, dealing with for years and at least acknowledging we have a racial issue. For Denmark, it seems kind of like the floodgates just opened. Denmark has a lot of catching up to do. We're still working with a very old-fashioned notion of racism, very old terminology. Denmark has a national personal, like a narrative about Danishness, which is that it's a liberal country, that it's a progressive country, and that it's anti-racist. So as a person growing up here, it's sort of like a continuous cognitive dissonance. On the one hand, um, you're feeling and meeting and experiencing seriously racist interactions and and connotations. And at the other, on the other hand, you have no way to address it because you'll be told you're imagining that it's not true. The erasure well. of your experience. Yeah. We're, we're colorblind. Yes. We're colorblind. We don't see and understand discrimination, racism, sexism, it's, uh, ageism, any of these things as institutional, structural, systemic. We simply can't get our heads around that. So instead of, you know, picking apart the subconscious bias and unlearning the conditioning, it's almost... A denial has been the, the go-to response. Yeah. I'll sing my little alphabet song as we do this. When I met him, Asa Gregerson was representing the younger of the two brothers accused of killing Philip and Bougie Johansson, Magnus Muller, the one without far-right tattoos. We could get one more file, which for some reason I can't find. There's two white guys. One of them has a uh, special tattoo, let's say that. And there's something about a knee to the uh, neck or throat. So I understand why people are interested, but... I mean, the guys in question, they, I think, never heard of George Floyd until after they were uh, detained by the police. I mean, they certainly were not trying to imitate anything. And they, they were good friends. I mean, um, maybe you kill your friend, but certainly not in a race-related manner. All right, let's go. 
there are certainly part of the population that wants to believe that this has uh, something to do with racism. And quite frankly, I think I'll never convince those people. Magnus Muller claims the reason he and his brother carried out the attack that night was because Philip had raped their mother and that they hadn't meant for him to die. When the case is heard on Bornholm, the police prosecutor will be trying the Mullers for homicide, but not for a hate crime. Police have organized a reconstruction of the night of the crime, and Asser Gregerson has come to Bornholm to observe it on his client's behalf. Have you been to the crime scene before? No, this will be my first time, uh, and certainly the first time in uh, during the night. Could anything come out of tonight's reconstruction that could help your client's case? It is going to be interesting to see um, the prosecution's game plan, which I think we might be able to, uh, to spot a bit of right now. They're also doing it to see if both uh, brothers were aware of what the other one was doing, I'm sure, to see if there might be additional witnesses. And I would expect them to also be doing it because they wanted to see if they could tell whether or not he was alive when they left him. Are you sure you're cool to walk alone in these woods? Well, yeah, according to Walia, I'm a privileged, blind, white male. I don't think anybody can hurt me. So you'll be fine then? <laughs> well, what are the chances of two doing murders in one place? Later, Asser Gregerson was taken off the case and replaced by a well-known Danish lawyer. We're at the crime scene and it's pitch black and you can't really see much, but you can catch glimpses of them reenacting the crime and carrying around this mannequin as if it's Philip's body, trying to kind of understand the mechanics of what happened that night. According to Danish law, if an attack is motivated, even in part, by the victim's ethnicity, that is considered an aggravating circumstance and can lead to a longer prison sentence. To many, it feels like the rape allegation has been accepted at face value by the police, while the theory of a racist motive was dismissed out of hand. 
Philip went drinking with the Muller brothers on Monday, June 22nd. He was last seen buying beers at a gas station around midnight. His body was discovered by a dog walker at 6 a.m. on Tuesday. On Thursday, Deputy Police Inspector Henrik Shu said that nothing about the case suggests racism. And on Friday, police prosecutor Bentha Peterson Lund told the media the crime wasn't racially motivated. I'd heard from a source close to the case that this statement by the prosecutor was unusual, and I wanted to ask her about it. Hi, I'm here to see Prosecutor Peterson Lund. Thank you. Come in, please. So these closed cases or open cases? They're all closed. Yeah? Yeah. So how many cases do you feel like you win? 95%. Wow, that's a great track record. Yeah. Well, I only bring the cases to court where I think I have enough evidence. Yeah, yeah. So what kind of cases do you usually work on? Well, all kinds of cases. But we, it's a very calm um, island with hardly any crime, and people feel very secure here. Mm -hmm. And it's a good place to bring up children. They can bike to school. And... Mm -hmm. So how common are murder cases on the island? It, they're rare. We have maybe one case every second year. Just to go through the timeline, Tuesday the body was found. And then on Friday, you said the killing wasn't racially motivated. In your experience, is three days long enough to establish a true motive for a homicide? It could be. Yeah. In the it, all depends, it all depends on the case. That was the evidence at the time. Mm -hmm. So a, a tattoo, a swastika tattoo, white power tattoo, proven violence is not enough to be convicted of a hate crime? No. I have to make sure that it's because it's a hate crime. What would it have taken on that night for you to prosecute it as a hate crime? Of course, if a person say, I will kill you because you're black, or leave some evidence showing, you know, I kill you because you were black. Or Then how can any crime be convicted as a hate crime if that's the benchmark for, for evidence, for someone to actually physically say or write or leave a trail of their crime, which most criminals really don't do, you know? Well, you will be surprised. They do. Do you think that there is enough evidence around the rape allegations? We haven't gotten an official report about any sexual uh, assault. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, we have talked to several people about it. Mm -hmm. And that's all I can say. Could race come in as a secondary motive or exacerbate how they treated the victim? That is a question, and, and that I will have to find out in court. How do you feel about how this case has sparked conversations about race across Denmark? Well, it's fine for me to talk about racism, so that's fine.
What do you think of how the community here have reacted to Philip's death? For the tender thing they have got, they have forget. This could be the sister or this could be the first. Many. Yeah, who are here like no Ali? Let's take The Jake are not tingle. They are not tingle. They feel like they come far. Me, you first to hear like. Jeg vil vente om at sige, at medierne ikke har givet os lov til at øh, få lov at sørge, at man ikke har fået lov til at tænke over, at man har mistet en nær person, øh, om det så har været en ven eller en søn. Vi håber, at efter retssagen, der kommer ro på, at vi kan få lov at sørge, for den proces er slet ikke startet endnu. Sunshine Island. <laughs> oh, that's a big lie. When you live here, it's raining like crazy. A lot of times, yeah. How do you think people on the island feel about what you've been saying about the case? I don't think people like that I speak my mind. It's a family island. They got a lot of tourists coming every summer. So if they, they get a bad reputation, then people don't want to come and bring their family. And So I think that is the reason why people try are trying to keep the case lower. When you were growing up here, was that word used a lot? Like, was that a common thing? Yeah, it was a common thing, yeah. When I grew up, I, I was getting angry and beating people if I heard them say that. And then after a time, it was like, should I really get in a fight over this every time? Then I just started letting people say it. Mm. What did Philip say about how to handle these things on the island. Push it to the side. All the bad words, push it to the side. Just focus on you. Be the person you want to be. Yeah. Yeah. I'm starting to see a lot of things from a different perspective. But I'm going to speak my mind and I'm going to keep it completely fair. The police said in the start, like, they're holding everything open in the case. But the racism fact, they're 100% sure it's nothing about that. What does that say about the police? Someone who's well-placed to answer that question is an academic who studies the police and who worked with Danish law enforcement for over a decade. What's the frequency of hate crimes? In Denmark? Yeah. Hate crime appears to be quite uh, common, so at least uh, perhaps 7 or 8% of all the victims of, of violent uh, uh, assault in Denmark uh, believe that racism was the main motive, and about the same number uh, feel that racism may have played a part. But if you look at the official crime records, it's uh, a rare uh, crime. Why do you think there's such a disparity between victims' accounts of hate crime and the number of cases reported? I think that the police tend to downplay at least racism as a, as a possible motive and focus on, on other issues. So is it fair to say that there's a blindness in the system to racism and to hate crimes? Yeah, I think it's fair to say that. With the Bornholm case, 
the deputy police inspector came out two days after the body was found and said there were no signs of racism. Is it normal for there to be such a short period of time for that to be confirmed or to be decided? I think that was uh, quite exceptional, actually. And, and also the very fact that the prosecutor said something at all in, in public was exceptional. And I think they only did that because they knew that there was a sort of a, a public debate that they needed to address in, in some way. And they tried to do that. That could also uh, be a sign that the legal system in Denmark uh, tend to not take racism very seriously as a crime. Because, of course, whether you, you want to uh, use your resources uh, on, on an investigation of possible uh, racist motives uh, would also depend on, on how serious you think racism is. The case was quite exceptional because uh, in combination with the Black Lives Matter movement in, in the U.S., uh, it triggered a conversation on, on racism in Denmark. So at least uh, whatever happened on, on Bonham, it was important for the way that we uh, discussed racism as a problem. And, and perhaps we started uh, discussing racism as a Danish problem for the first time ever. So we've invited a series of really amazing speakers. The first one is Roger Courage. Roger, please come to the stage. The invitation to speak today, I was a member of parliament until last year, but I had to say no to running again because the system is broken and we tried to unfuck it, but we could not. Roger Courage Matheson says he quit Parliament because he got frustrated with the slow pace of political change in Denmark. This is the first uh, portrait of a black uh, man in the Danish Parliament. And of course, it makes me uh, proud and sad at the same time. So when we look at uh, the makeup of the Danish citizens, we have around 13% of uh, citizens with ethnic minority background. There were two members elected to parliament in 2015 that had an African background, and I was one of them. Do you think that the police and the state are capable of, of investigating Philip's murder? I think they need more training. They have a two-day course on diversity. It's not uh, mandatory, and it's not everyone who gets it. Yeah, the th sad thing is one of them told uh, the national media that they think the police have a sixth sense. That's why they stop more people of color than they stop white people. And I think, you know, it's, it's almost laughable. So sixth sense, and they don't think that that could be subconscious bias at uh, all. Exactly. So in terms of, of talking about racism, it, it is on a very rudimentary level in this country. If you're not showing intent to have animosity against a person of color, then you cannot uh, be racist. So as one of the few black lawmakers that this country has had, have you witnessed laws being put in place that eradicate systemic racism in Denmark? I would say I have uh, 
more often witness laws that uh, was racist in terms of having a uh, discrimination built in. Uh, we're seeing laws and legislation being passed that, yes, is discriminatory against uh, minorities. We have laws we call the ghetto laws. Just even the word ghetto, I don't know of any other government that put that word into their legislation. So it's written down in our laws that if you have a certain amount of ethnic uh, makeup of, of uh, citizens in these areas, then it's called a ghetto or a hard ghetto if the level of, of minorities is high enough. And I think that's just one practice that's very discriminatory. Matheson is referring to a controversial raft of measures that was presented to the Danish parliament in 2018. It's known as the ghetto package, and critics say it pretty much enshrines discrimination against ethnic minorities into law. I wanted to find out more, so I took a trip to one of the areas affected, a so-called hard ghetto, about two hours drive from Copenhagen. I'm in Volsmos, the largest ghetto in Denmark, and that isn't just a racially charged term here, that is an actual legal term used to categorize areas that fulfill a certain number of characteristics, one of which is that over 50% of residents have to be of non-Western descent. And what's crazy is that certain crimes committed here can carry double the penalty. The stated aims of the laws in the ghetto package is to prevent what politicians here call parallel societies areas that are predominantly populated by ethnic minorities. They say they want people to integrate, not create their own separate communities. To that end, families in areas like Volsmosa are being evicted from their homes and entire buildings are being torn down. Undskyld, vi lader den her flyer med. Beskud. Jo, tak. Ibrahim Fadil Hassan is 19 and has lived in Volsmosa his whole life. Undskyld, har du to minutter? He's been campaigning against the ghetto legislation in the local area. Og vi kæmper imod den her ghetto-pakke, ja. som, uh, som diskriminerer uh, beboere, der bor i de områder. Jo, jo det går til adressen. Tak. tak skal du have. Undskyld. So there's this perception of Vosmos that it's this like dangerous area and it's like the hood. But like, it's, I'm not gonna lie, like it's quite nice. What is the level of crime here? It's not that high. I think it is uh, between two and 3% of the people who lives here who have gotten a, a sentence of crime. That's more than the normal rate for the rest of the city. But um, the criminality is falling every year. Like, the rate is getting lower and lower. And what's the justification for the ghetto law? They think that if they evict people, then, like, Ali, who is criminal, he can move to another living area. And then he get ethnic Danish neighbors, and then he learns how to behave. Then he will return when he has become better. So there's this perception that when a group of non-Western immigrants are all together, then it's bad and criminal and needs to be overly regulated. But when Danish people are in the mix, then they can assimilate and improve? Yeah, that's the perception. 
And how do you think that the ghetto law is actually changing things on street level for residents of Vosmos? It's every third apartment in Vosmos that, that is getting evicted. So it's 1,000 um, homes. All of that building are getting teared down and people are getting evicted. Where are they going? We don't know. My aunt lives like one minute from yeah. my own home. And my grandparents also lives here and my other aunt. So yeah, the family is around us. Baza, that's my little sister. Oh, she's so cute. Interesting, she's got one skate on. <laughs> So, is there a risk of you and your family being evicted? As it is now, no, because they have chosen which building that they want to tear down and which people that are going to get evicted. But in the future, yeah. So what motivated you to start campaigning against the ghetto law? The thing that motivated me is the racism and the discrimination in it. That the reason why they can evict is your ethnicity. And I couldn't accept that. Like it. I got very angry, actually. Very, very angry. Like, we live in, in two, 2020. Like, it shouldn't be a thing that because of because you have the wrong ethnicity or the wrong background, then, uh, then we're going to punish you. Qasim Ahmed Noor is a Somali immigrant. Unlike Ibrahim, he wasn't born in Denmark. I came to Denmark 1995 <clears throat> as a kid. And uh, there was a lot of racism there. I used to fight every day because I had a curly hair and I was black. I'm a Muslim too. The ghetto law is like, it hurt us because it hitting my son, it hits me, it hits him, it hits everyone. All the things they do in East, they don't want you here. Remember that, Ossie Brian. Yeah. Because we got our right, of course, we're going to fight till the end, yeah. But let's take this discussion more. They don't want you here. You are not welcome here. You are black or you are Muslim. You don't belong to this country. Yeah, exactly. It's a problem is the politician who never been here. They don't know nothing about Valus Musa and they're just creating the, the law for us every day. It's a game for them because they're playing and gambling with our lives. Like they're experimenting. Yeah, yeah they just... But that's what do you right. mean we by that experiment? What do you mean by they're experimenting? Like with the ghetto law, we don't have evidence that if you like tear down buildings and like you evict people, then it would help anything. That's an experiment. We don't know how the result will be because if you look at the politicians now, you have a lot of Danish politicians in the parliament who won't recognize racism in Denmark. Mm. Why do you think that is? 
because the racism that we experience now has been a normalized part of our life, and that's why we don't call it racism. It has to be much more extreme in order to call it racism. What do you think about the argument that, like, there aren't many hate crimes in Denmark or that hate crimes don't really happen here? But the thing about the, in Denmark is, like, we have the everyday racism and we also call it hygge racism here in Denmark. It's hard to translate to English, but, like, it's it's fun racism or... Cozy like, racism? Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's awful. But the thing that we are experiencing now, it's, like, racism from a higher level. Like the politicians, the ones who are controlling the the country and who are making laws. Mm. Do you believe this idea that, like, obviously Denmark kind of brands itself as like the happiest place in the world? Like, do you think that's true? That's true. You think it's the happiest it place is. in the world? It is. I have a wife and five kids. Yeah. I live the most beautiful place in Denmark. Yeah. I'm happy. I don't want to say Denmark's a bad place. It will never. It's not bad place at all. But that's why we live angry. Yeah. Because and we people, care about this place. If you love somebody, when that guy or that girl hurts you, then like it's it's more hurtful than if it's someone you don't like or don't love. Exactly. That's the thing about Denmark. Yeah. Like it took me away from the war in Somalia, 1995. Yeah. You love it and you yeah. feel Danish. Or for me, I always say I will die for Denmark. You guys heard of the murder on Bornholm? Yeah. Yeah, of course. How did you feel when you read about it or saw it on TV? Awful. Like, it's it's awful. It's awful. One of the things that shocked me a lot is the media didn't write anything about it. Like, I got to know it from a friend oh, who read it. Yeah, who read it, like, like someplace. But the media didn't cover it. And that's, that's a big problem. They beat him till the death. You know, that means they killed him slowly. Huh? Slowly. It's hurtful. It's very hurtful. Almost six months after Philip Mbuji Johansson died in the forest on Bornholm, the country's attention is once again on this remote island. Ready for today? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. I'm also like nervous, you know, I'm unsettled. I feel like a mother who's going to see another mother listen to the gory details of how her son died. And I've heard about George Floyd, we've heard about Brianna Taylor, but it feels like it's close to home. We have to protest and we have to deal with it. And then, we'll, and then we'll have to just take care of ourselves and each other later. Walia Sorensen has come to Bornholm to sit in on the court case. A busload of protesters are traveling to the island from Copenhagen. Whatever the verdict, they will be demonstrating because hate crime charges aren't being brought against the brothers. There have been many things in this case that handled about racism. 
jeg tror, jeg har svaret på, hvorfor jeg ikke er rejst tiltal. Så det er ligesom det. Øhm, og ja, jeg tror ikke, jeg har skabt. With the hate crime charges off the table, the case comes down to whether the Muller brothers knowingly killed Philip or inadvertently caused him fatal injuries. Står her for en retten ved Bornholm. Det gør jeg nemlig, som man meget tydeligt kan se her bag mig, så er der altså et meget stort pres om den. Along with Walia Sorensen and the country's media, Majuma Johansson, Philip's mother, is inside the court hearing the evidence. On the stand, The brothers said that they invited Philip to go drinking in the woods that night in order to beat him up, to teach him a lesson. They were angry because their mother had told them that Philip had assaulted her, that he had grabbed her and touched her breasts. This was the alleged attack Magnus Muller had described as rape. The prosecution painted a picture of two men who carried out a violent attack and left their victim to die. It was shown that the Mullers took breaks during the fatal assault to chat, drink beer, and smoke cigarettes. The brothers' lawyers argued that saying that they intended to kill Philip was pure speculation, but the jury and judges didn't agree. Yeah, so I'll see a rat dog that lives in conclusion with his failure. She can't be right. The tiltaken den straffes begge med fængsel i 14 år. Jeg skulle man tage fast. Both Mads and Magnus Muller's lawyers are appealing the verdict. Although they do admit the brothers' violent assault led to Philip's death, they deny the prosecution's version of events. What do you make of the verdict? It is a relief. It is a relief. It's a step in the right direction. Do you think that this verdict is going to change anything for the movement? It certainly will. We have started a conversation. It's like this whole psychotic idea of there's no racism, there's no racism, there. it's like you can't reach people. It seems like uh, our persistence, our persistence in fighting this case has been and demonstrating and protesting and, and demanding justice for Philip and Bougie Johansson. I think that it has paid off and I believe it has created a foundation for us to create change. A very, very necessary change in Denmark. Everybody who's standing here. I know everybody. There's a standoff happening right now, and all the conversation and debate that we've seen online about Philip's murder is now coming out in real life. And Daniel and Tobias, both very close to Philip, are now in the same place for the first time since his death. Vi protesterer her eller moddemonstrerer, fordi at vi ikke synes det er retfærdigt den måde de gør det på, og det synes jeg på ingen måde er i orden. Og pis på os, på hans familie og på 
på dem, der er tæt på ham. Hvad fanden kan du være bekendt af at hive et, hvad fanden det nu er, Black Lives Matter, eller hvad fanden er nu skilt ned for ret? Hvordan kan du? Hvordan kan du? Så er det overhovedet, hvad der stod. Så er det overhovedet, hvad der stod. Hvordan kan du tage noget? Hvordan kan du håbe, det skytte noget, når din homie, han er død? Der er nogen, der har slået noget. Så er det overhovedet, hvad der stod på skiltet. No Lives Matter on to Black Lives Matter. Hvad med at sige, All Lives Matter? Så kan jo ikke være det. No justice! No peace! No justice! No peace! No justice! No peace! No justice! Fuck y'all, man. Fuck this island. They are all lives matters. They ain't come back lives matters. They all some. All some. All lives matter. How do you feel about Black Lives Matter? De gør nok godt, men ikke lige her. Ikke her. Altså, selvfølgelig skal de da også sige noget, men de skal bare ikke stå og sige, at vi er racister, for det er vi ikke. Vi er ikke racister her på Bornholm. Bornholmerne holder sammen. Vi er en kæmpe familie. Altså, så vi, vi, vi støtter hinanden, og, og, og... Did the brothers ever, ever show racist behavior on Ireland? Altså, min datter, hun ved mere. No. There are n- not nothing about races about them. Anything. No, that was a drunk, stupid idea. That's it. And that's why that fucked up. What do you think about it? Go home. <laughs> Black Lives Matter! Black Lives Matter! No peace! No peace! No peace! I knew what I was going into, but it's crazy to see so many people that you knew are going against this case and they're calling themselves for his friends, so... I got I got nothing, nothing to them anymore. I'm just like, fuck this island. Let it burn. No
final stop for Black Lives Matter is the shelter in the forest where Philip was killed. We're back at the murder scene and the locals have actually gone here ahead of the Black Lives Matter protesters. Yeah, we must go to Peter Vick. Bye, she's digging all the people. Turn up and look at it. 